Hey, I'm Andrea Collins, and this is Mindful Mostly. This is a show for those of us who want to be mindful most of the time. Real, honest lifestyle and wellness vibes in 20-ish minutes each week. You ever think about living in a tiny house? God, you know, it looks, it looks pretty good. You could be somewhere beautiful. You wouldn't be paying some massive-ass mortgage. And you'd really get to relish in what's important in life. That's exactly what Natasha Lawyer of Sugar House Homestead did, and she's going to blow your damn mind today. You just get to the point where you're like, what I want is more important than than the little comforts that I've come to believe are essential. So you have to be like, okay, what are my priorities? What do I really want out of life? And what am I willing to sacrifice in order to get that? Take a second to go check out her Instagram at Sugar House Homestead. And we're going to find out how you can live this kind of life, or at least dream about it, and remind yourself why life is more fulfilling when you live with less. But first, it's the wellness and whatnots. Don't get me wrong, I love Gwen, I love the Goop podcast, even though the host mentions that her dad is a doctor like 10 times an episode. Have you ever noticed that? She'll be like, mm. I know, my dad was a doctor. Regardless, Goop, as much as we love them, just had to pay a fine this week for making unsubstantiated health claims about those jade eggs. You know the ones. You sort of put them up your vajayj. They say that those could balance hormones, regulate your period, prevent uterine prolapse, and increase bladder control, but uh, that's not well proven. So they had to pay $145,000 this week, which is basically the price of a face cream and maybe a romper on Goop. Bringing nature into your home and decluttering is gonna get your damn life on track, sister. Experts say that this has major power in positively affecting your mood. Until your cactus dies, who kills cactuses, by the way, and you get an Amazon shipment, but really, declutter. More on this actually on next week's show with our resident feng shui expert, Laura Morris. And lastly, what's on your fall fashion hit list? Cause I'm seeing that if you're not wearing animal prints, you're gonna be thrown into a pit of lions and they're gonna look more on point than you. Okay, time to call up Natasha in her tiny house. From her incredible Pinterest, Instagram-alicious home in the Vermont Hills, Natasha Lawyer is on the line. What does it look like outside of your window right now? So it's pretty hot. It's been crazy hot here, but I'm looking at the cabin doors and our garden is right out there and we have some like strung out patio lights above it. Um, and it's just like a big giant meadow and behind that are like rolling green hills. It's pretty, it's pretty trippy actually, it's beautiful. How did you guys get from A to B? How did this come to be? So I guess our story started with, um, I mean, you know, we met in Seattle, we got married, we were both kind of older. I was, you know, in my, in my 
30s already and Brett was like 35 and so we were like what are we going to do with our lives so you know one of the first things like big things that we did together is we like got rid of our apartment and put everything we own in storage and traveled in a Volkswagen van for six months and that for us was really just you know besides like you know getting to know each other and having it be like a big I don't know like a big adventure for us it was also like well what do we want to do with our lives when we got back to Seattle, we were just really feeling like we didn't want to just pretend like it had never happened, you know, like get an apartment again, go back to doing this, like the friggin' rat race. Like it's such a big city. It's so overwhelming. And we were just like, you know, really hesitant to go back to like paying rent and working and being thoughtless and living our lives like it never happened because it was such a transformative experience for us. So that's when we started talking about like um, you know, getting an Airstream and living in that and, you know, um, imagined ourselves like living in the woods of, of Washington, like in this Airstream that we were going to um, renovate. And so we did that. We renovated an Airstream. We had like, you know, we have a book on it now, which was like an all, another crazy trip um, called the Tin Can Homestead. And we had a, you know, had our Instagram account for that. And, and, it, and it ended up being really popular. But I think what really, what people really connected with was creating a different lifestyle for yourself. You know, just just doing something because because you want to do it and because you you're not happy with like what is expected of you, you know, like to to get a job in an apartment and work nine to five and and do what you're supposed to. So for us, that was like a way of like flexing our muscles a little bit and, and trying to do something different. Um, but it was in Seattle and see, I don't know if you like are aware of what's happening in Seattle right now, but, you know, Amazon and, my, and Microsoft and all of those big tech companies are based out of there. Mm -hmm. So it's becoming a very like overwhelming place to live. There's not, there's not room for like, you know, the city to grow because of the geography of it. So it's just full of people and getting more full and getting more expensive. So as much as we wanted to be able to like live in the woods in our airstream, we ended up like way North of Seattle in this like little RV park on this, like it was like a parking spot that we were renting for like as much as some people pay for rent. Like our, the, the spot that we rented there, was more expensive than our mortgages now, wow. which is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. So, you know, we we weren't able to like, oh, the chickens are like on the deck being completely <laughs> insane right now. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> like, if you hear squawking in the background, it's the chickens that are free ranging <laughs> and on the deck. So we did the whole Airstream, Airstream thing. And then that, because it was never able to be like, us in the woods like we pictured that's how the vermont thing got started for us and why vermont so yeah vermont just sounded really nice to us and we took like a little scouting trip up here um you know a couple springs ago right before we were gonna move and and looked around and it just felt like a really good fit for us what um so a lot of people uh, i know myself i like dream about doing what you're doing i feel like life becomes more simple once you you know (laughs) Once you rewire the shed and do all all of that sort of stuff, um, but mm-hmm. then it's it's hard for you guys are both creatives, right? So um, you were able to continue your work in in basically a, the forest. Um, yes. A lot of people are like, I can't possibly do that. You know, I've got this, this, this. What would you tell those people? I think honestly that like literally anyone can do what we did, but I think part of it is being willing to be uncomfortable. You know, I think a lot of people are very, very used to like what we've come to expect as like a normal standard of living, which really is kind of 
a lot of luxury, you know, like we in the Airstream, we never had a shower. And here we didn't have, um, we didn't have plumbing until this spring. So we lived without plumbing for six months, you know, and we were carrying our water in from our well. Um, we still don't have hot water in two of our buildings and, and, and don't plan to put it in because you just get to the point where you're like, what I want is more important than, than the little comforts that I've come to, that I've come to believe are essential. Like, there's something so charming about having a fire going and sticking your kettle in there and using that hot water to do your dishes with, you know, and it's, it takes an extra second. But if you're, if you're willing to do little things like that, you know, to, to drive out and shower at the gym because we're saving up to put our bathhouse in so we can actually shower. But if you're not super rich, you know, you, you can't do everything at once. So you have to be like, okay, what are my priorities? What do I really want out of life? And what am I willing to sacrifice in order to get that? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you realize you need? And what are the things that you realize you really don't need? So for us, the things that we need are, you know, vehicles to be able to get us safely to where we need to be. We need heat in some form when we first moved in here. So, you know, having fire a fireplace, a wood stove now is like, you know, so amazing and such a big deal. And, you know, and the thing is that we don't need, like, we have no plans to put hot water in any of our buildings that we don't shower in, you know, because that's it. We've really come to think of that as a luxury. And if if you're willing to put a pot of water on to boil, you can get what you need. Mm -hmm. What about material possessions? I think for us, we've definitely learned to live with a lot less, especially in the Airstream. And I think that you know, as we're expanding, as we're getting more, you know, we have a potting shed now and, and we have places that we can store things. I think we're very careful about like accruing things because there was definitely a big pare down before we moved, you know, before we lived in the van and you realize how much stuff is, is accumulating, you know, in your everyday life. Like, you know, I, I love thrift shopping and it's so easy to just like, oh, this is cheap. So I'm going to buy it. But it takes up, it takes up space in your, in your home. But it also there's like, there's like a mental weight to being like weighed down with things. And so I think we try to be really cognizant of why we're spending money and what we're spending money on and and how it's going to be placed in our lives and our homes. Mm. I heard this guy on a radio show the other day, a call-in radio show, and he was talking about how he'd been this vintage motorcycle collector and these motorcycles were like super old and he was saying this generation you know isn't as interested in learning how to fix these bikes and can constantly tune them up and uh he said you know when i die like i i don't my kids don't want them i just i'm realizing that what i've collected my whole life is just probably going to go possibly to the scrapyard and and when you do hear those things and you think about it, it's like when you die, you leave with nothing. So <laughs> as far as collecting all of these things, it's like you can't take them with you. No, that's true. When it comes to, and this might seem, this is something that I think about when I think about living in a tiny home, because how big is your actual like living space where your bed is and your kitchen? So our cabin is 166 square feet. Wow. And then you yes. have... Um, so these these guys, you're also an amazing uh, ceramicist, a, a potter. Um, do you have a studio that you also work out of for that? Yes. So when we first moved here, we had like our little our little shed that we like converted to the cabin that was 166 square feet. And at that same point, 
we bought like a prefab um, sort of a garage thing that we've converted into like our pottery studio. And because it's like a whole other building and it's almost it's almost 400 square feet, which feels like embarrassingly large compared to what we're used to. It's twice more than twice as big as our Airstream was um, and much bigger than the cabin. So for us, that's become the place where we'll like hang out a lot. We do all our all our cooking and um you know, and we sleep in the cabin, but most of our, our daytime hours are spent. I'm an illustrator, so I illustrate in the in the studio, and then we also do our um, our Sugar House Ceramic Co. business out of out of that um, space. So it's it's nice because it gives us like a feel of more um, of more space, of more living space, and that's been absolutely lovely. We spent the entire winter um, getting it to that point, so it's you know really only in the last. I don't know, probably four months has it been like a comfortable, like great place to hang out in. And that, that was really, it was really tough, you know, tough to, to get it there. It was a lot of work all winter, um, but it, it feels amazing now. Yeah, no kidding. So you have those two buildings and then you're working on a bathhouse. Yeah. And then we have like a little potting shed, you know, for like storage and for garden stuff. But yeah, we're working on our bathhouse now. And that's, that required a lot of excavation. Um, and for anyone that's done any like developing of land, that is so horribly expensive and scary because they don't know what they're going to find under the ground and they give you quotes. And, you know, a lot of the time quotes stay as they are, but a lot of the time they don't. So that was a really big, scary expense for us this spring. Um, but now for like the first time in literally, I want to say, just over two years we have like a shower that we own in our own space because we didn't in the airstream either and that feels like it feels like such a luxury like you know we've had it I think maybe a month now and every time I shower I'm like this is the most incredible thing in the world that I can like walk in here and take a shower and like go about my business it's so amazing and isn't that the best that it takes removing those luxuries and then reintroducing them after struggling to really appreciate it like I didn't feel that way when I got in my shower this morning you know yeah it's I mean it's crazy and I think that's that's part of like the being uncomfortable to get where you want because if we'd just been like you know oh we're gonna get a huge bank loan and we're gonna like bankroll building like a you know a brand new house and like it's fine but we weren't in a you know financial position to do that so we had to like fight a little bit harder so I think that people have this like view of homesteading and doing what we did like I read some like hilariously snarky comments, I think on that design sponge one or, or, or another one about like, oh, it must be nice to like, you know, be so rich to be able to do that. And we are not rich. Like I am an illustrator. My husband is a social worker. Now he's a server. Like we are not rich. We are just willing to be uncomfortable and work for for the way that we want to have our lives be. And so you just do it bit by bit. Yeah, we do. Like our, our bathhouse has a shower. It has a half finished tiled floor. It has a toilet and the walls are like open studs with the exterior finish. So there's no installation right now. There's no walls on the in- interior. There's no sink. So like you, you go to the bathroom and you wash your hands in one of the other two buildings, you know, and it's just, it's just little adjustments you make to be like, okay, well, I don't need a sink in the bathroom right now. I have two other sinks. You know, and and the things that we've come to be like, oh, I like, how could you not have a sink in there? Well, walk a few extra feet and it's fine and we'll get there. What are these space saving saviors? How have you pared down? What advice can you give all of us listening? I think for us, it's really um, being very mindful about the items you choose, you know, to choose items that you don't want to hide because they're ugly and you, you know, you bought something really cheap. So it's like 
kind of crummy looking, you know, I think it's being very intentional about being like, this is a beautiful piece that I want to see all the time. And I'm going to because there's nowhere to store it. (laughs) And for us, like, you know, we have like a flip down table in our, you know, in our kitchen, like it, it kind of divides the like, bedroom part and the kitchen part we have like this little flip down table and for the first six months of us living here that was also my studio it was like this little table I did all of my work out of it and and I think that if you're just flexible and willing to like adapt your situation like you know and be smart about it like you can make things work do you have to be handy to make this work (sighs) I mean it definitely helps my dad was you know he he moved he actually did something very similar to what we're doing when he was like a little bit younger than our age he moved from Seattle which is where we were he moved from Seattle to like northern BC to like build log houses and you know and homesteaded and and lived a very similar life to us and so I think that like what I've learned from him in terms of like building and um electrical has been really helpful but you can learn to do anything on the internet now. Like there is an embarrassment of information. Like I learned how to install a toilet by watching YouTube videos and and did that in our Airstream. Like if you are willing to like do things wrong a couple times and fix them and, and do your research. And I think that maybe a lot of people aren't willing to do research. They would rather just have someone tell them how to do something. Um, I find that a lot in like messages that we used to get for the, for the tin can homestead instead of, Instead of Googling something, someone would like ask us to like give them a very detailed breakdown of how we did it. And while that's fine, it also doesn't empower you to feel like you can do things if you always feel like somebody else has to tell you how. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like you actually learn when you when you figure out how to do it. There's a there. I was looking at some fall courses that are offered at like a tech college here where I live, mm-hmm. and there was. Um, a whole bunch of interesting ones like woodworking 101 and there was like small house maintenance and I was thinking you know that would probably be great for a woman or anybody listening to take that course because then you are empowered to fix those things when they go wrong or not be blocked by a dream a dream like yours of maybe building something special in in a sacred place yeah it's it's very doable I think people just get a little bit afraid of like doing things that they've never done before. But if you're willing to like to try and to like fail at it and then try it again, like there's so much learning and growth and empowerment that comes from that process. Um, that's like invaluable because then you get to live with what you've done too. Like, you know, every time you walk into a building and look at those walls, you're like, I did that. You know, like every time you flip on a light switch, like I wired our entire our studio by myself I wired up the whole pet like this that was the first time I did it entirely on my own without um without you know having my dad around just to check stuff out for us because he's he's a master electrician but he was you know he's in Canada he's not here he couldn't come down for a visit so I did like literally everything and when I flipped that switch after like you know hooking it up to the main panel it was like the most incredible feeling because I did that you know Brett and I did that together we wired that whole building so it's there's something that's like so magical and empowering and doing things yourself. No kidding. And you know what? It it's just it's so great talking to you. It because it you're you're a real down to earth person. I can tell you're you're not some trust fund baby like you said who's no. building a. I mean, be nice. I can see how that would like make life a lot easier sure. at times. But no. <laughs> yeah. It's so inspiring to talk to you. How can people follow along? Like I know people want to see the pictures. How can they do that? So um, for our 
for our Airstream process, we have a book called The Tin Can Homestead, and that's li- that's through Hachette. It's everywhere, so you can follow that process. Um, we also now, for our homestead, we have an Instagram account. That's Sugar House Homestead. And we um, we share a lot of, like, day-to-day photos of our lives. Um, and if you scroll back, you can see the whole process of us converting our um, – our cabin and, and working on the land. Um, and then for our, our studio, we have that whole process chronologued on our Sugar House um, Ceramic Co. Instagram account. Um, and we post a lot of updates on, you know, of course, on pottery and the things that we sell. But um, our whole process of, like, you know, building the walls in the studio to, like, wiring it up and, and doing all that stuff um, is chron- chronicled on there as well. And then I'm going to post the design sponge link that inspired this whole conversation in the show notes of today's show. But Natasha, thank you so much for coming on Mindful Mostly. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. What a show. What a woman. God, don't we all want to go and live in tiny houses now? Who's got a shed? So before we get to the soul nugget, uh, wondering how you guys are liking season two. You can reach out to me anytime and join the community on Instagram at mindfulmostly. Plus, if you want to get your hands on the High Vibe 5, which is a five-minute magnetism session, you just stick those earbuds in in the morning, you listen to this, you're going to get manifesting, affirmations, breath work, visualization, all of it in five minutes. Just do a review of the Mindful Mostly podcast and subscribe on iTunes. Send me a screenshot of that review and I will send you back the High Vibe 5. You can email it to me at andrea at mindfulmostly.com. As I mentioned earlier on the show, next week is going to be our feng shui expert, Laura Morris. She's going to be talking all about how to create a sacred space and design your home with feng shui in mind, okay? Let's get to the soul nugget. Whatever your problem or challenge may be, laugh at it. Laugh long and laugh hard because you, sister, are forever and it is temporary. Ha ha. We'll talk to you next Monday on Mindful Mostly. Mostly.